and welcome to another episode of BL Can't Save You. This is Mana on Fluke Domination. And this is Ali. Um, a girl who has over 30,000 views on YouTube, finally! And this is Elle. I'm a robot. Okay, uh, so today we have a very uh, special guest. Uh, she's actually uh, been on Twitter for a while. Uh, she's going to go ahead and introduce herself now. Hi, I'm Lexi. Um, on Twitter, you might know me as Fluke Lights, but I am also the creator of Om Fluke North America fan club. Um, I'm from California, and I've been an Om Fluke fan for about two years now. Okay, great. Thank you, Lexi. Um, we're super excited uh, to have you here with us today. Uh, so I'm just going to briefly go over um, some housekeeping I'm going to try to keep it brief because we want to get to the interview um, fairly quickly. So new premieres of physical therapy started on Monday. That's on Gagawalala. Uh, Color Rush 2 is on Vicky. That continues the story of Color Rush 1. Uh, Gen Y is on Tuesdays and it's on IGE and YouTube with paid membership. Something in My Room, starring Supernut uh, from Oxygen, is on Channel 3 Plus. Uh, it is free. Um, if you want the uncut version, so like, you know, usually it comes in like part one, two, and three. Uh, if you want the uncut version, it is uh, that you will have to pay for. Uh, Cherry Blossoms After Winter is going to premiere on February 24th. It'll be on Vicky and WeTV for select countries. Kissable Lips, which is the vampire Korean BL, that's going to be on February 3rd. It's going to be on three different platforms. So it's going to be on Heavenly for Korean audiences, Billy B for Southeast Asia, and Vicky for everyone else. There's a new series alert. Uh, there's a trailer for Unforgotten Night, the series. It's based on Mafia's Bad Love. Uh, it's The trailer is on YouTube. It has English subs. That stars you from Why Destiny. Uh, he's on Paint With Love currently right now. Um, Love Stage premieres on January 29th on AS Play. Please stay tuned for international audiences. Uh, there's a premiere happening on Friday. Uh, Enchanté starring Gawain. It is uh, going to air Fridays, so it's taking over Bad Buddies spot. That's going to be on GMM TV on Fridays. Saturday is You're My Sky. It is on Vicky and also on WeTV in also select countries. And finally, Sunday, Not Me is on YouTube, starring Gun and Off. Sorry if I did not mention any of your faves. There's a lot and um, I just didn't have time to go through it all. So if I miss anything, I am sorry. All right. So now, Lexi, just before we get started with the actual interview, what we like to do here is we like to do like an icebreaker just so everybody gets comfortable. So the icebreaker that we're going to do is would you rather? So I'm going to kick it off with a question to you. And... My question is, would you rather team up with Wonder Woman or Captain Marvel? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, 
I'll have to go with Captain Marvel just because I'm team Marvel and DC superheroes just don't really do it for me. Fair <laughs> enough. I feel the same way. All right. So now you're going to ask a would you rather question to either Mana, me, or Elle. And then, you know, so everybody gets comfy. All right. Um, oh, that is a difficult one. A invisible plane versus a super badass planet blowing. No, she doesn't blow up planets, but uh, I don't know. No, Can I have okay. Both? <laughs> All right, no. So Lexi Can I team up gonna... with both? <laughs> okay, so Lexi is gonna ask the next would you rather question. To oh, Ma- yeah. So to either okay. Mana, me, or you. <laughs> I thought we all applied the same question. (laughs) Yeah, hold on. I have to uh, find one because I didn't uh, have that prepared. Hold on. Let me find one. Okay. Or, you know, as Elle said, we can just apply apply the same question to everybody. So for me, um, definitely Captain Marvel. I'm a Marvel girl. DC sucks. (sighs) (laughs) Who's next? Oh, I'm uh, going okay. To I have a, both. All right, I have a question. I, I have uh-huh. a would you rather question that I could ask. Um, Lexi. Okay. okay. Uh, yeah, Lexi. You're fine. Uh, would you rather um play? Would you rather take care of Brownie twenty four seven, or White Flute's nose? Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> um, probably because I'm like hikey nuts. Um, I I I think wiping fluke's notes would be okay. Alright, first scary question. No, no, nothing is scary. <laughs> I I yeah, I can't do scary. Okay, so uh since you're a my blue I'm going to have to make sure I use proper terminology. I don't want to be hunted down. Um, why are you my blue? So what is it that, you know, um, got you um, to become an um, Fluke fan? Um, you know, what is the thing that clicked for you with them? Um, and uh, that made you become part of the fandom? So about two years ago, um, when Until We Meet Again was airing, I saw Fluke and I just immediately loved him. Like I was completely dra- drawn to him. And Om grew on me over time. But for the most part, like I was just staying with Fluke. And that's kind of where Om Fluke came in. Like Om was attached to Fluke. But then after I realized like how special their connection was, I just decided that this was it for me. Like I just loved them. I liked their fans. I liked the way that they ran their business. It was just, it was peaceful. It was very nice. And it was interactive at the time and I loved it. That sounds really nice actually. Um, peaceful sounds nice, especially in fandom. Uh, right? Sometimes. Oh God. <laughs> it is not always peaceful. Um, so, so from that, you know, I mean, I think we've all had that moment that you describe where you, there's something that kind of attracts us to one specific um, actor or K-pop singer or whatever it is that we are we are a fan of. Um, 
but not every fan becomes you know the uh, basically uh, the person in charge of a fan club um, or even starts a fan club for North America so um, so how did you go from being a fan to be like hey I have too much time on my hand I'm gonna spend it on running a fan club <laughs> I wish that was the case I wish I had too much time on my hands um, but basically I started out because I wanted to send them gifts and I didn't know how to do that. And then I started thinking about, it. I was like, we don't have a fan club in the US. And at first I was like, maybe I'll just make a US one. But I thought that we could get more members if we opened it up to all of North America. So that's how we ended up becoming North America instead of just the US. Um, but there was just one day and I was like, you know, what if I, what if I started a fan club? And so someone, one of our other members messaged me and was like, are you serious? And I was like, yeah. And so we discussed it and we ended up launching it just like a few days later. And yeah, that's, that's how it happened. It was crazy. So you basically volunteered, volunteered yourself. It's like, Hey, <laughs> let's do this. But I don't know. I think that's really cool, actually, just wanting to support them and um, and finding an avenue to do that. So it's kind of neat. Um, yeah. So that's actually awesome of you. And that was actually some great them. initiative taken. Yeah. You saw a problem. You saw you knew what needed to be done to fix it. And you were like, oh, OK, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do it since nobody else wants to. So kudos. <laughs> Yeah, I kind of just like sent out a tweet and I was like, hey, does anyone want to like, you know, jump on this with me? And, you know, I had a few of my mutuals that were like, yeah, I would love to do that. So I just created a group chat and we went from there. Okay, cool. That is really cool. All right. So next question. <laughs> Should we do this? It's going to sound very tedious if every question I'm like, next question. But <laughs> you can do whatever you want. It's fine. Though. Um, I'm like the weirdo in the corner. <laughs> um, but you know, um, it's it's nice to hear our origin story. Uh, just full disclaimer too, as well, guys. Um, yes, I am a my blue. Everybody knows. However, I'm also part of the um, Fluke North America uh, admin team. So just full disclosure. Um, just so y'all like. So just so y'all aren't curious, like, why does she know so much? Like, why do I know so much? I'm like, <laughs> anyway, because I'm a stalker. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> but, okay. She is not. They're not kidding. They're not kidding. <laughs> I'm oh. kidding. Um, there's one more part to the question about this whole administrator thing. What exactly do you do as a fan club admin? A lot. <laughs> Um, so what I do is I will organize projects for, um, like their birthdays, anniversaries, any sort of, um, events they have coming up. I get together with our team members and we just discuss back and forth, like, Hey, what do we want to do for this? Or, Hey, we haven't done that before. Let's try this. And so that comes managing finances and the creative direction, organizing um, and collaborating with overseas vendors and then delegating tasks to different fan club members. Um, 
And then also I take on organizing the group orders for the U.S. fans from overseas things that need to be shipped here from Thailand. And okay, that 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 is a lot. Do you have management experience? If you don't mind me asking. Um, I actually started my own competitive cheer team back when I was like 22 years old, uh-huh. and so a lot of that <laughs> comes, um, a lot of experience with managing um, people, parents, kids, and just you know, getting like uniforms, competitions, all of that kind of stuff together. It's a lot of the same thing. And do you still have that cheer team? I don't. The competitive cheer world just got really big, and mm-hmm. we have a really large um, gym in our city. So most of the people ended up going over there. Oh, you lost out to the competition. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> I know it was hard because we were trying to keep costs down, but it ended up costing more than. Um, people were willing to pay, and if they were willing to pay that much, they were going to go over to the more experienced gym. Well, I mean, if there's one bright side uh, coming out of that is that you got all of that experience um, with doing all of that organization and management, and it's not like it's going to waste because, haha, here it comes in handy. You're, you know, for your admin work that you're doing for the Home Folk Fan Club um, or North America. What's the actual name of it? I'm sorry. I didn't, I don't Om Pluk, actually... Yeah, we're Om Pluk North America. Oh, it's just Om Pluk North America. Yes. Oh, okay, cool. So it came in handy for you here. So that's awesome. All right, exactly. So... And honestly, I would never trade any of that time for the world. It it was wonderful, even if it only lasted a year. It it was great. Oh, okay. Mm, yeah. Good. Uh, so. Uh, some great, you know. I didn't know that about you. Anyway, um, but my question to you is: so, as you know, you're, uh, you know, the admin for the, you know, for the art, you know, our fan club. Um, how do you do? And I know that you you touched on it briefly, where you know you just sent out a tweet and you, you know, you waited for people to kind of respond, or you actively, you know, messaged people. But like my question would be is like how did you actually end up filtering the right people? Because I would imagine that a lot of people want to apply or you know are interested, and so but not a lot of people have that kind of same resolve. So like how did you figure that out? You'd actually be surprised how many how few people want to apply and take on this kind of responsibility. Every single person that we have as our admin volunteered. We didn't turn anyone away. Um, we've even had some people um, back out. We used to have more admins than we do right now, and there were some people who came to us and were like, "You know what? This just isn't for me. I don't have enough time. Like, I'm gonna have to step down." Um, it, it's a big responsibility for a lot of people. So we don't really have to do that kind of filtering. Yeah, and I think that a lot of people assume that there's a huge financial responsibility that comes with being an admin, and that's really not the case. We do, you know, we have members that 
you know, don't contribute as much as other members. And that's not a problem for us. People contribute, you know, in the ways that they can. And we just filter through their different strengths and weaknesses and we go from there. Cool. So if like somebody's like good on the graphics, like they might not be able to donate like money to like, like let's say send them a money basket or something. Cause I know, I know that that's something that fans do for um, these artists are these actors if someone does like graphic work um okay you can design the poster or the card that we're gonna send stuff like that right right exactly oh, okay um, and that goes into like well my next question um is just like you know because we you know you deal and we deal with people from thailand um, so, you know, Om and, and Fluke, obviously, you know, they're in Thailand, their managers are in Thailand, their official fan clubs are in Thailand. So given that, you know, you don't speak Thai, how do you actually get things done the way that you do? Because as I'm always like super impressed <laughs> um, that, that you're able to do that, uh, considering um, that we don't really have anybody that speaks Thai. Um, luckily, most of the official fan clubs speak English. Um, they're all super accommodating and try to use English as frequently as possible. Um, but outside of that, there's always Google Translate. Um, if we are ever doing like a project that's targeted at Thai fans, we'll ask one of the official fan clubs to translate and promote it. So you you collaborate a lot with the local, well, local, the Thai fan clubs as well. Do you collaborate with, you know, other fan clubs, like other international fan clubs as well? Or is it solely to the, like through the, through the Thai, uh, uh, not the Thai fans. Well, there are Thai fans, but through the Thai fan club, yeah. Um, We'll collaborate with other international fan clubs just to offset costs and stuff a lot of the time. Um, But anything that we have to, like, officially send to Omfluk will go through their official Thai fan clubs. Okay. Oh, I'm muting myself. That makes sense. Because um, do they, do either one of them um, actually speak English or are kind of comfortable in English or do they mostly? Um... Yeah, I know that Om understands more than he speaks it. And Fluke studied English in school. So he can get by, but I don't know if he's like super comfortable speaking it. And uh, by no means am I implying that they should speak English. I was just curious about whether or not it's something that they're comfortable. Like some people are not at all comfortable. Um, like I'm a I'm a, a Jimmy Tommy fan, and Tommy is very uncomfortable in English, and so uh, he's very self-conscious. So you know, it just it just add a layer. Um, to the work because it has to go through some of the Thai fans just to make sure that international fans can get their message across. So it's, you know, it's interesting and it's kind of cool actually. I don't know, do you like, do you guys actually enjoy um, interacting with the Thai fans? Have you made some friends there as well? Like kind of these like across boundaries, um, across culture kind of fan friends and, you know. I actually got to meet up with a Thai fan um, a couple months ago, she apparently lived here for uh, like years, but she lived in Thailand and then just came to visit 
um, for a few months. And she's the first My Blue that I've ever met in person. And it was like so refreshing and wonderful meeting her and talking to her and seeing, like talking about all the things that she had done over in Thailand. Like she put together a whole gallery for their anniversary last year. Like it was just, it was really great talking to someone. Like it, I felt like I was crossing the ocean just talking to her. That sounds really cool actually to uh, to just meet. Like it feels like there's a few of these moments where you end up making meeting people through these common interests and these fandoms and then eventually it bleeds into real life so that is actually really awesome yeah that, that moment when your that moment when your parasocial friendship becomes a real life one how did yeah. that did you feel like an out-of-body experience well because she had messaged me on our um own fluke uh the fan club twitter and I was like, oh, like, where are you located? Like, where are you hanging out? And it happened to literally be 15 minutes from where I live. And I was like, that is so crazy. Because she was just going to send us a few things like that she had brought over from Thailand. And so I sent her my address and she's like, oh, like, you're really close to me. And I was like, how close? And so we just ended up meeting up at the local mall and talking for like at about an hour. Right. Every time I remember it's, yeah, thanks. Every time I remember it's like a 12 hour plane ride. I'm like, why? <laughs> right. No, it's, no, it should be like one step close. That should be like one more step close to you getting to meet Fluke on and on, on Let's think about it that way. <laughs> yes, absolutely. No. <laughs> okay. All right. So um, now that we've basically covered all of those basics and all that's good stuff, um, you, you you touched on the back end a bit, um, but the main because you've already spoken about stuff like that, like the hours and stuff. How do you? What I want to know in addition to that is, how do you battle the time difference, but between not only the actors themselves, but also um, the the other members of the fan club having to coordinate with them and them not be quite possibly not being on the same time as you. Um, you know, well, for me, it, it's uh, currently 8.30 p.m. It's 8.30 a.m. in Thailand. So when I'm asleep, they're wide awake. But running a fan club is something completely different than being a fan. How do you battle the organization of it all on top of the time differences and stuff like that? So for the fan club, we do have a designated day for each member to update the Twitter and stuff like that. Um, we don't have a requirement of it being posted within like a certain time frame, and we just ask for help if we're busy that day. Um, as an indiv individual fan, I lose a lot of sleep. Uh, normally, I wake up for work at like 5.30 a.m., and there's a 15 hour difference between me and Thailand. Um, luckily, I was also a K-pop fan for years, so I was used to that kind of thing. Um, but being a little sleepy at work is worth it for the happiness that they bring me. <laughs> I, like, exactly. so as a, as a kind of like new-ish, um, like to own fluke and just like fandom in general, I. I, so the first thing that I actually bought ticket for was like an online, it was like the small, they had a small online concert 
it was like the first like ticket that I actually bought to see them like streaming. And I remember like literally like this was like the first time it was going to be like at thank God it was on a Saturday. But I stayed up. It was like it started at like 3 a.m. and didn't end until like 4 a.m. And I just didn't sleep. I was just like, all right, I'm going to do this. Um, so me learning how to like do that is kind of crazy because I had never considered just sacrificing my sleep that way. But I mean, it is worth it because, you know, you see them and you, know, you get to, um, especially if your friends are there, like from online, if you like buy the same ticket. Uh, like recently they had like a, like a show, like a, like a party that they had promised and so like a bunch of like a, a bunch of my blues were watching the stream it was so much fun because like we were just talking in chat and it was it was it was such a blast it was worth it it was totally worth it guys <laughs> and on, the, so. on the top go ahead Elle. yeah i i think a lot of uh a lot of that i mean it's following them but um, I don't think for me it got as much fun to follow, to, you know, to be a fan of whomever. Right now I'm a, I've turned into a, an awful multi and yeah, to a degree that's actually a little scary. But um, I think for me it's more like being able to chat with other fans at some of these events, uh, like especially the online event, because then everybody is up uh, from all over the world and everybody's chatting and then seeing them, but seeing them, I at least for me as I'm going to say something horrible, don't hate me, but it's becoming secondary, right? It's not as much fun to just see them. What's fun is to see them and tweet about it with a million other people and chat about it and be live, live being like, oh my God, did you see this? Like, I think that's the part that's really the most fun, at least for me. Yeah, they're getting into it with other people like because I, I think especially with this whole COVID thing where we're all on like lockdown, lockdown and you guys can disagree with me if, if I'm wrong here, but with COVID and everyone being locked down, that interaction that you have online, like with, the, with other fans, it started to mean a lot more to like fans more. It started to mean a lot more or just as much as you know, seeing this person that you admire um, or respect or, you know, idolize, whatever the reason you're a fan of them. Because if made you feel like you weren't lonely, I, 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 I imagine for a lot of people before, you know, fanning this is because a lot of people fan things in silence, like no one knows, like this is a hidden thing or whatever. It's not necessarily a shame for most people, but it's like their hidden guilty pleasure or whatever. Um, but then with this whole not being able to go outside and not having this normal daily function in life, it's just, oh, there are other people I can talk to about this or talk about this with. So I, do, you, do you guys get that sense too or am I wrong in that observation? I mean, I've been on, uh, I was on Tumblr, Twitter. So like live tweeting and stuff like that has it's second nature to me and i i feel weird if i'm not doing that with other fans so all like i guess everyone being around more it makes it feel like more of a community for sure mm, okay yeah all right all right so now that we so still on the topic of like coordination something i wanted to ask it just came to me it's not it's not it's not a part of our um you know little 
list of questions. But if you don't mind me asking, when it comes to being a fan, um, an individual fan or whether you're a part of a fan club or whatever. Well, no, let's take it from an individual fan perspective. You, they have merchandise. Because this is something that I, you know, I want to know if I'm crazy. I will yet... Maybe, maybe if 21 wasn't in the height of when I was in school and I didn't have my own money, like if they were no when I'm a working grown adult and I could buy my own stuff, I would be buying merch like crazy because I love them groups, okay? Um, but do you find yourself, do you ever find yourself looking at, oh, so what I was saying is that for me, BL wise, there hasn't, there have been moments where I've been really tempted, but there hasn't been a show, an actor, or just about anything that has tempted me to buy the merch while swallowing the cost of shipping. Because that's the that's 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 the ringer, you know. The, I, I don't have a problem buying the item, but that shipping cost sometimes? Are you kidding me? It's like, why is the shipping more than the item itself? <laughs> like that happens in a lot of instances. So I find myself like emptying that card and just putting my card back in my bag do you ever like do you ever find yourself either spending too much or do you ever feel like i'm not spending enough and like how would you control yourself in moments like that well i'll be honest <laughs> i have no self-control when it comes to merch <laughs> aha um. <laughs> I am an absolute insane collector. Um, my K-pop collection is out of control. I have three shelves of K-pop merch. So <laughs> I also have a Thai address and I run all of our group orders. If we have something that can be bought, most of the time I will do a group order for it unless I figure that the cost of shipping for everyone else will end up being more than what they would pay individually. So, yeah, I guess that's my answer to to that question. I love merch. If I can collect an item, I will. Okay. How so do I you get I'm, a get toy it. address? I was just about to ask. What? How do you even do that? And what do you mean a toy address? You, you, just, you just hop on a plane and jump over there when you need to collect stuff? You right? didn't buy it's property in Thailand, right? No, it's actually, it's a forwarding address. So they have a service over there that um, it's, I think, Thai mail forwarding. Um, you get your stuff that can only go to, like, be only be shipped in Thailand. It will get shipped to that address. And then those people will contact you and be like, hey, your items arrived. And then they'll ship it to you. There isn't a bit of an extra fee. And I do pay monthly for it. Um, you but pay monthly. Yes. <laughs> Girl, um, it's, listen, what you're it, describing still... is a freight forwarder. You're not supposed to be paying monthly. What? <laughs> it still ends up being cheaper than just shipping it to myself. Okay. I know, I know, like, we like to gatekeep things, and I'm all for gatekeeping. But would you mind sharing with the people? Um, the name of the freight forwarder. I don't know. Maybe if they'd be interested, be like, "Oh, I can pull this too." I don't know. Would you want to know? You want it? It's just time mail forwarding. How did and you filter through that to find a trustworthy forwarder, or did a Thai fan recommend it to you? I googled it. 
And that was um, pretty much it. <laughs> that was an immense act of faith, my dear. Yes. I was like, <laughs> I hope this works. And it ended up being great. They're always super nice to me. Like if I am like, hey, can you hold this? Or um, Fluke did this job with a drink company and I only wanted the little tags that came on the drinks. I was like, hey, you guys can keep these. Um, I don't want to forward them. Can you please just send me the tag? And they were like, yeah, sure, that's fine, thanks. Okay, did they at least waive your monthly fee for that one? <laughs> we got free drinks. No. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I don't know what their <laughs> setup is over there. <laughs> I just, I trust them and that's pretty much it. It's not a, it's not a big monthly fee. It's, it's only like $12 a month. It's no big deal. It's actually a really cool service because I've been on the receiving end of some of these shipping costs and it's just like, holy cow. And it depends on the country. Like um, K-pop merch is really fairly available or really readily available in North America. And there's a lot of like small stores or small places that will um, carry a whole bunch of stuff. But, uh, but Thailand... Um, yeah, Thailand, not so much. Like, there's a, yeah, you there's always this get... lengthy wait time, mm -hmm. these extravagant yeah. shipping fees, and it's and then like you get gouged. <laughs> uh, what? Let me tell you something. <laughs> Anyways, let's um, <laughs> not spend too much on that topic. But um, so yeah, so now this is gonna be a little fun section that we're going into because. This is where we include Mana, who's mm. also a part of the fan club. So we, so so Ella and I are just gonna throw some questions at you, you and uh, Lexi, and you know y'all gonna see how best you can answer them. Okay, reeling time. So <laughs> I didn't know Lexi, we were singing. Can we sing? <laughs> can we do the rest of the episode as a musical. No. <laughs> All right, that was weird. I made it weird. <laughs> All right, so this is not Disney Channel, no. Okay, so, Mana, Lexi, uh -huh. first question. Being part, being a part of Standom or Fandom Twitter, it can be very chaotic and it can be very toxic. So how do you keep your sanity and how do you also filter through, like, negative comments or feedback? Because that's inevitable. You make a post minding your own damn business thinking nobody's going to see it. And then you 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 blink, you take your eye off your phone for five seconds, you have 20 quotes <laughs> and 15 replies. So how do you, how do you, how do you, um, how do you keep your sanity and how do you filter through like potential or the negative comments or feedback that you may get? Um, I know for me, I don't, I don't know because I just tend not to get a lot of negative feedback. The only time that I really did um, get kind of any negative feedback was um, I started writing just a, I, at first I thought it was just gonna be like a one shot cause I was just like kind of got inspired one day. Um, but it ended up, I ended up writing like a whole series. I'm still currently writing it. It's um, part of like, it's like fanfic. Um, but I just really based it off a synopsis that we got from um, OSM, sorry, Oh My Sunshine Night. I'm just going to say the whole title because I can't do acronyms right now. <laughs> so I called it Kim Sun Stories. And one of the stories I wrote um, 
son or he's played by fluke uh i had his backstory be like he was like having an affair with like the teacher um so i remember and i just like posted it up i didn't like nobody was reading them at the time so i didn't think like that much of it and then um i got a couple comments they're like you know uh son wouldn't do this i'm like what like i just i just based it off like this like short little synopsis and i had to fill in the gaps you know i didn't really and i was just like well how do you know though but i didn't want to get too much into it because like at the same time it's like that's like way too much energy like spent on like on things that don't really matter so i just kind of commented it a little bit and i was like well you don't really have to read it if you don't want to it's fine um or you can mute me or you can you know unfollow the tag or whatever um because like you know i don't have time for that um the other other time that i kind of encountered someone kind of using my own words against me was um i forgot her username but she's a she's also she's also a fanfic writer um i had she actually so this started is kind of like she went into my tweets and dug out a tweet that i had that i had said something like a year ago right like totally i forgot about it didn't even like register i didn't even see it at first but then my other friend uh messaged me like she sent me a dm and she's like you know this girl is using or oh, this person is like using like one of your tweets i'm like what <laughs> I'm just like what what do you mean and so i i checked on the thread and she was talking about like i don't forget what she was talking about but then after a while she started to she blocked me because i said <laughs> she, she blocked me because like and i was just like and l and l actually told me that she had blocked me because you know they could still see her their tweets and i was like why did they block me <laughs> and then l was like oh it's cuz you said chris was a chris was a homophobe i said like he was ugly or something but that but i was like i was like oh okay and then i was going to like start fighting like out on tl cuz i couldn't believe one that they had the audacity to go and dig through my tweets from like a year ago <laughs> just like what what yeah. they do to celebrities yeah it was just crazy it was just really crazy like that day was just nuts and that i think that was like one of the only times where like i had that kind of experience and i was just like oh okay um but it but other than that i think i've had i think i've had very 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 few incidents with um toxic stand toxicity yeah it just cuz i don't did you block her back No, I didn't actually. I didn't have made it a mutual. <laughs> it's like made it a mutual black. I I guess I just really don't care. Like it's not like for me like I could continue to be negative or I could spend my energy doing something more productive with my time. So I just choose to do something more productive with my time. Okay. All right, and that's how you deal with that. How do you deal with it, Lexi? <laughs> so, I'm like the complete opposite. Um But since starting a fan club, I've had to be a lot more diplomatic and chill on the timeline. Um but before cuz I was a One Direction fan. Oh god. We were all crazy. We were constantly fighting like all the time. <laughs> I think I spent 3 years straight fighting with people. So yeah, that's being all a my blue ever did. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then so and then I I'm also an in citizen. So like we're always fighting too. <laughs> so being a bi blue is super You're a fighter. easy. Like yes, absolutely. Um so when I started the fan club, I was like, how am I going to do this? Like <laughs> how am I going to keep people from um knowing doing what like, you do? Yeah, exactly. Like, well, not even that. Just like I didn't want to associate my opinions with the fan club, you know. So I had to tone it down a lot. So even sometimes now, like when I have a controversial opinion, I'll like put at the beginning, like "Don't retweet this," because I just I don't want people outside of my timeline that I'm comfortable with to start spreading it around and misconstruing my words. Yeah, well, that's not actually going to stop people from retweeting it um, or taking a screenshot and then making a new post. Right? So, because it's because, true. You know, because I am an advocate for protecting your peace and also not, you know, muffling your voice. How about just making another Twitter account, like a completely like anonymous one that you do not follow yourself and just be like, unpopular opinion or oh my god guys don't come for me but you know just do one of those i i do have a private twitter account where i know I, that's right yeah <laughs> where i spew everything that i would not say on my main timeline but i i trust my followers um whenever i have you know i don't care if people screenshot me whatever as long as it's not in my notifications it's not my problem Good. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I I used to do a fair amount of fighting, more specifically with a specific well, it, with a fandom that's well known for uh, actors high five. <laughs> and I will stop here. <laughs> and I've opened my mouth a few times about this and got like I have 500 people on my block list literally just that fandom it doesn't really matter like the the fight i yeah the fact is that every time i open my mouth to just say hey i don't i don't fully agree or oh i don't think that show is like that great and sometimes it was just that and then it just blew up in my face sometimes i just took a very perverse pleasure into being uh into egging <laughs> them on uh, just because that day i felt bored or something like that Okay, so we talked about sanity and how we lose it on Twitter. <laughs> I think I think it's pretty obvious that a lot of us um, uh, some sometimes have it, sometimes don't. Sometimes we try to, and sometimes we actually go with it and just go up the deep end. Um, but maybe one one more specific question is, you know, is there uh, have you ever been like insulted? Um, you know, as someone called you a name or something. Um, Something that you're like, that's a badge of honor. I was called a nincompoop and I'm super proud. Um, or, you know, or anything that someone has told you on, on Twitter that you're like, well, I deserve this or this is like a really good day because I got that person super riled up. I don't fight, <laughs> so I don't. <laughs> Mine is an angel. <laughs> I don't, I'm not saying that I'm an angel. It's just like, I just... I don't know. I just don't. Unless someone really comes at me, then, but then, but even then, I'm just like, after a while, if I can't like talk to them calmly, I just block them. Like, I don't have to. 
after like I know after like one or two tweets if I'm going to continue talking to this person in a nice calm manner and if I can't if I really can't then I just block them I don't go into long Twitter fights or at least I try not to it's just I don't have the energy for that yeah I usually like will shoot off one tweet and then like if it keeps going from there I'll I'll end it and either block them or delete so you guys are very grown up about this. <laughs> I've been so doing it for way too long. <laughs> You're okay, like, it's too then, much effort. <laughs> and then real quick here, was there ever a moment where you've had to apologize or self-reflect because you overstepped a boundary or you were just out of pocket? Yes. I have, um, There, I don't remember the exact thing that I said, but I remember like someone said like, oh, hey, that's not, you know, that's not correct. Like you don't really know like what's happening here. Like, you know, oh no. Uh, so there was this, um, there was this fan who was talking about um, like relationships that like BL actors have with like women, right? And I said something, not that like, I don't agree like that he shouldn't have like like uh, romantic partners I, I don't know what I said exactly but and someone was like oh hey like don't I I retweeted them and I said like don't be like this basically but then the person who I had retweeted retweeted like tweeted me again and was like hey don't give them attention like you know we don't want that kind of person in our fandom um so I deleted it. I deleted the retweet because, you know, that person was like nice enough and he didn't and they didn't say it in a mean way or anything. They just like let me know like, hey, you know, we don't want to give those people attention. Um, so, yeah, I, that was like the one time well, there was a couple. But that was like the real time that stood out to me, like, you know, um, where I had to like walk back and be like, OK, like maybe maybe don't say that. <laughs> Yeah, I have a lot of feelings and opinions, <laughs> and I'm also a verbal processor. So if something bothers me, I'll shoot off like a ton of tweets all at one time, no matter what they say. And then like once I've worked through the emotional part of it, I'll end up like either regretting what I've said or just deleting everything because <laughs> there are like four people who have blocked me in that time span. I'm sure there have been times that I've apologized being like, sorry, I went insane momentarily, but I don't know about like serious apologies like that. I, unless it was like something that was like, I really did something wrong, but I can't think of any like specific examples off the top of my head. It was probably in another fandom. Do the fan club wars overall, because do the fan club wars are trolls affect you because you can't control anybody people will come at you people go out of pocket in your own fan club do they affect your mental health in any way um i wouldn't say like fan club wars do um but like the overall vibe of the fandom can like if things feel weird or like unstable that will absolutely throw me off until they feel normal again because i do depend on these things because it's a hyperfixation, and I depend on 
my hyperfixations for my happiness a lot of the time. So if something like that feels unstable or like I'm going to lose it, then yeah, that definitely affects my mental health. No, <laughs> um, but I, no, I just I don't want to sound very flippant about it um, because how do I put this? I don't like I'm not I'm not solely online, even though I know it appears that I am because, you know, I never, you know, shut off my phone or shut off my laptop. But sometimes I'm not on Twitter. Uh, sometimes I do other things. So I have other hobbies to keep me kind of grounded. So I, you know, I play games. I, you know, I, um, you know, I, you know, talk to my other friends who aren't in fandom, who aren't in standom at all. Um, and so that kind of keeps me like on the level where I feel like I should be and, I, and I'm happy. So when I come on Twitter, and I, you know, and I, you know, tweet or, you know, I'm, I come from it from like my happy place. It's always my happy place. Um, although recently um, people inside the fandom too were complaining about certain, a certain manager um, and like just kind of going a little, I don't wanna say crazy, but just a little bit more louder than usual about, about them. Um, and then, you know, and then they updated, uh, you know, pictures all of a sudden and it was fine. Uh, so that time I was just like, y'all, what is, what is this? Like, because I felt like, I felt like as a fandom, like inside of us, like we, like, we need to remember that, you know, it's just not always going to be the way that we want. Um, but that doesn't mean that we shouldn't trust them. Um, but that was my only like real thing where I was just like, oh, like, but it, it didn't make me like, it didn't make me like, you know, depressed or anything where it was just kind of like wanting to remind people, you know, just to like take a step back. Because I think like once you're in the bubble too long, that's where your kind of mental health kind of breaks down. Um, so it's okay to like step away or to do something else. Um, and then come back, you know, I always like tell people, I don't know, but like, just, you know, just take little breaks, you know, just go like watch something on YouTube or go do something else, you know, because I think that's really important um, for mental health. Because if you're in the bubble 24 seven and you're only responding to tweets and to things like that, then yeah, it is going to affect your mental health. Um, because that's what, like, as Elle said, that's what these things were built to do. Um, but if you kind of break away, um, then, you know, then it doesn't affect you. So none of the things that I see on Twitter really affect me, um, unless like something happens like in real life and like, I see it like about news or whatever, then yeah, I could get kind of a little sad, but you know, none of the things about like fan wars or about, you know, anything that I see on Twitter really stays with me. It's, um, it, I find it really interesting, like. Lexi was talking about hyperfixation, so um, I, I do have that a little bit. Like I find that I'm kind of, um, uh, I tend to hyperfocus on something, and so if I'm not very busy, I'll be on Twitter a lot more. Right now, I'm very busy, so it's kind of taking a second, um, a second um, kind of, yeah, second place to other things. 
But um, I find that I'm actually, I am affected by some of the negativity in the fandom sometimes. Like uh, when I see a lot of posts complaining about a manager or projects or whatever it is, like um, I, I go there for just for fun. Like I want, you know, it's kind of a place where we can pretend everything is fine or we can just have a little bit of a bubble. And so um, depending on what happening, what's happening on my timeline or even my own fandom or other fandoms, like there's days where the whole timeline is, you know, people complaining or people bashing other people or fans fighting. And it's just like, I don't want to be here. <laughs> like I don't, I'm just, I, so yeah, sometimes you, we step away, but sometimes we don't necessarily, I don't know, like there's also an addictive measure of it too. Like you're like, oh, but you know, what's going on? I need to know what's going on. But then you get this onslaught of um, of negativity. So I find it's, uh, it's a struggle at times to just balance, you know, balance the fun I have on Twitter and balance uh, and, and not let it um, affect me uh, in real life too much. So. Right. And honestly, as a fan club um, admin, it's hard to ever step away from it because I feel permanently attached to it. So I can't be like, hey, this is kind of like not fun right now. Can I take a break? Um, I, I don't feel like I can do that. So the the being a fan part of the fan club or administrating, administering, administering, whatever. Being an admin, <laughs> there you go, of a fan club um, does actually have a bigger impact for you. Um, is there any moments where you've actually told other admins, like, I just need a break or you've, you've, you've pushed on through most of the time? Um, I usually push on through, but there have been times where I'm like, guys, I'm super burnt out. Like, can we just like not do a project for like a month? I can yeah, I can see how that would be um, intense, definitely. It's already hard enough as just a regular fan. So if on top of that you have, you know, duties and responsibilities and and you have a bit of leadership um, in the fandom, I can see the impact being at times really heavy. Uh, what I want to do and what I want to kind of like I always feel like it's better to end on a good note and like have like everyone, you know, be happy or at least like gain some more knowledge than they would have, um, you know, had they not, you know, heard or whatever. Um, what's your proudest moment as a, as an admin or as a fan too? Um, honestly, starting the fan club and getting it off the ground is the thing that I'm most proud of. It was like this distant dream. And without the push of one of our founding members, I don't think I could have done it. It's always great whenever we receive, you know, like recognition and photos from the project we've done. And I love the connections that we've made with fans and vendors overseas. Um, as like an individual fan, I don't know, this fandom's um, the most tight knit that I've ever been in. And we really do seem like a family, even though like we have people all over the world. It seems like the people that have stayed over the past year and a half since until we meet again ended, like we thinned out a lot after the initial hype from the show died down. 
And so the people that are here really feel like people who are family. And so it's easy to feel really close to Om Fluke. And I think that that's just, I just love being part of it. Um, for me, uh, my proudest moment um, came. Uh, it's really funny. It has to deal with um, being accepted as an admin. Um, because I remember uh, Ruth, uh, who's another uh, my blue, I shared. Um, she's not, you know, she's not in North America. She's from Singapore, and she uh, she's like, oh, if anybody's in like North America, you can apply. I'm like, okay, great. Um, and I honestly was like, well, I don't really know how to do design things or anything, but I'm like, I have some money. Like I could throw. Um, and so I just kind of applied and just kind of threw my hat in. And honestly, when I got invited, I was like, this is awesome. Like I had the, like the best feeling because it's like, I felt like, I mean, I was already, I really feel like we're our family, especially because I only talk to a few certain my blues every day. Um, but when I got accepted, I was just like, yeah, like this is like, this is like, this is cool. Like I get to do more things that I want to do. Um, like when we um, like, no, just, it's just, it's awesome. It's an awesome feeling like knowing that you, that you do, that you can do more. Um, and so I really enjoyed that. That was like probably like my proudest moment. Um, just being accepted into, oh no, actually that's not true. My proudest moment <laughs> is, uh, so in, there was a project, uh, we were sending food, like there was a food truck project and I am not good at design. It's not something that I, you know, practiced on or anything. And so I, but for whatever reason, I decided that I was going to try. And so it took me three days, <laughs> three days to make this tiny sticker, um, but it turned out really nice. And that was the first time that I had designed something and that it looked good. And so it looked like I, you know, knew what I was doing. Um, that probably, and just to see it like on the drinks was, <laughs> was like, it was like the most amazing feeling ever because I was like, that's me, I did that. <laughs> Like, you know, it's like this tiny, like five inch sticker. Um, but it was, it was just amazing that I did that. Um, and it did, it did take me three days, but I was, but I'm super happy. It's that. a super cute sticker. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I just, uh, I wish I could have seen Ohm like stick it on his chair or stick it on the, you know, makeup case, but whatever, it's fine. Um, I know. It seems like he only does his individual stickers for the makeup case. Oh, if you guys are wondering what we're talking about, um, uh, Ohm, when he's on set, um, likes to collect stickers from food support and like stick them on things. So he has a collection of stickers on his chair. He has a collection of stickers on uh, P News's uh, case. Anything that he could put a sticker on, he will put a sticker on. Uh, so that's why uh, that's what we were talking about. That's actually really cool. Like it's a nice. Uh, I mean, you know, uh, I've seen like fans and a lot of stuff, um, especially the big fan clubs and whatnot, um, and then a lot of food support and things. But all that kind of disappears. So it's really it's really cute that he's 
taking some of that and he's kind of making it his own little little thing that's kind of a really nice uh link to his fan and um and to well and for his fan to him so that's an adorable story and yes i'm gushing now i'm like Ooh, so <laughs> thank you i don't i don't really have too many adorable stories but that that was like that was the one <laughs> All right. Um so going from this um what would be your like main advice um you know as a kind of um give us the um full effect of your very vast uh knowledge and experience as a fan club I mean um what is like the maybe not the one thing but some of your top things uh, that you would tell someone who wants to start a fan club? So I've touched on most of these um, throughout the whole interview, but before any anything, you need to realize that this is a big project, especially for smaller countries. You'll have, you'll have a harder time getting participation. But if you can push past that, I'd say to find a good core as your admins. Everything else will flow if you have a good relationship with your admins and learn that they are there to help you. Um, I had a hard time with that at the beginning because I can be kind of a control freak and I needed to like let go of the reins a little bit as time went on. Like some of my admins put me in check and were like, hey, like you don't need to do everything. <laughs> um, and don't have too many people in control of the financial aspect because in case things go sour, um, you don't want too many people handling money, but you always kind of want to have a backup that you can rely on if something were to go wrong. Um, be picky about who you let behind the scenes. Fandoms are fickle things with lots of emotions consistently flowing. Um, luckily, our fandom is a little bit older than a lot of online fandoms. Like, I know K-pop has a lot of young people, like super young people. Um, but all of our admins are over 18. So we have a lot of experience, whether it be in fandom, work, life. Um, there's a mutual understanding that we have a ton of fun with our fan club, but it's essentially a business and needs to be treated as such. Um, we have had a couple people leave, like I said before, um, but you have to be okay with letting them go. Um, I'll just say that the number one thing is to know your people, know what their limits are and what they're capable of and their commitment level, and then adjust your expectations individually. There will sometimes, as a leader, you get burnt out um, and it's okay to lean on your other members when that happens. It's pretty um, basic common sense thing, but exactly. I, think, I think the takeaway I have from this is um, a, a certain level of maturity is necessary. Um, yeah. So don't sure. start. Yeah, don't start a fan club if um, if it's more of an emotional thing because it's probably gonna gonna be really hard. So yeah, have level-headed really, people. It really is more of a business to start a fan club. If you're just here to be a fan, just be a fan. But if you're going to start one, it, treat it like it's your business. 
that makes sense. And that sounds really hard. <laughs> it sounds like a, a lot of work, a lot of hard work and uh, yeah, a lot of time too. Um, it is. And especially because in BL, for some reason, whenever they announce events, it's like two to three weeks before. So you have to have the money in your account already. So you have to do the fundraising, like anticipating these events happening. Yeah, that sounds like difficult planning. Um, I mean, I yeah. When you have, you guys say you have three weeks ahead of time. Not all fandoms have that. Sometimes we have, oh, tomorrow there's an event. <laughs> and it's like, what? The schedule is coming. The schedule is coming. And then all the events happen. And then they, they bring out the schedule. So I can definitely imagine that depending on which fandom you're part of or, or how the managers deal with that, um, uh, it, it, it Yeah, you, you might have to think on your feet quite uh, quite a lot to be able to plan events or to organize anything um, and make it happen in a timely manner. Oh, that happens that happens all the time. <laughs> um, <laughs> like we uh, you know right now, uh, we're planning like Om's birthday um, thing. I don't want to go into too much detail, but like we don't have that much time to actually get it all done. Um, so that, you know, because that's happening. And then sometimes, you know, you won't know, like for food support, uh, you won't know, like, when they're going to be on set. And they don't tell you until, you know, two to three days before everything is supposed to be ordered. So, yeah, it's it's not, it's a challenge, uh, especially because, like, um, P-News' team is still fairly new. Um, because, you know, it's just their first, like, this is their first production and they're going to have, like, a second production uh, with that, uh, with the Yoon series. But, like, they didn't, they didn't tell us, like, for a lot of the things, like, where they were going to be, um, you know, or, like, how much, you, you know, you would need to order because you didn't know who was going to be, like, how many people were going to be on set. So it, it can be kind of challenging trying to coordinate that kind of stuff because it's because they don't always like tell you they try their best. But sometimes it's like you just you just kind of have to assume things are happening all the time. <laughs> And that's another thing as like the admin leader. I don't want to say that, but like, you know, I, I kind of do organize everything that we do in that aspect. Um, You have to be willing to tell your people, no, I don't think we can do this right now. You have to be set realistic expectations because, you know, people get excited. They're like, yes, I want to do this. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> But you have to be that person and be like, guys, like we've got, we don't have the time. We don't have the money. Like we, we need to like pick and choose what we're going to do here. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I, I know. You also otherwise, have to be a parent. Either, yeah, otherwise you'll end up in debt or just in a bad financial situation. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that that is a lot of responsibility too as well. So, um, yeah, the financial, the financial aspect, uh, I'm not going to lie, would terrify me. Just being responsible for money and um, and make sure that you know keeping in budget and so on and yeah. making sure that everything is like um, 
not you know not that like i i yeah making sure that the money goes where it should be how it should be that there's nothing that pops up at the last minute some hidden cost that you know i forgot to uh to plan for or something like that like that would be that would yeah i don't think i could be a an admin <laughs> i don't think i'm good for that so it's quite impressive like the uh I, this i mean yes Thank you for coming and enlightening us because I never really thought about what it entailed and how much work it entailed. Like I kind of had an idea it was work, but I didn't, I didn't quite, you know, know the details. So it's, uh, yeah, it's more than I thought actually. It's crazy because when I started it, I was like, I have no idea how to do any of this. So I did, I reached out to a lot of the international fan clubs and I was like, who do you talk to? Who do you deal with? Like, how do you do this? And they were all so nice and welcoming. And I just, I really like the community of our fan clubs, like the international ones and the official Thai ones. Yeah, that sounds really nice to actually have that support and that network of other fan clubs, um, especially the, the local or the Thai fan clubs, just to have that support. It's kind of lovely to see that people are working together and that you don't end up being thrown into it, you know, of the deep end without, um, yeah, without really um, any idea where you're going. So that's, uh, that's kind of cool. Do you have any closing thoughts this year? Like just any closing thoughts at all? Mana? Um, no, I mean, well, you know, I just wanted to thank uh, Lexi for coming on to um, to the interview. Um, but just, you know, I guess one of my closing thoughts would just be, you know, fandoms are supposed to be fun. And so I would say that, you know, just take it as that and, you know, have fun, like just don't, I, I don't know. I'm not going to try to gatekeep or just try to like tell people how they should be. Um, because, you know, that's not realistic. But, you know, just just have a good time, you know. Find a, a knit of people that you mesh with and that you talk to and that you come online with and have, like, that community. And, you know, and just enjoy it. As soon as you find that you're not enjoying the fandom that you're in, it's okay to leave. Like, it's okay for your own mental health to just, like, to just, like not be in that fandom and to find something else um you don't have to stay in that place um so i would just say you know just just have fun and you know be a fan um well i think i sort of give my closing just a few minutes earlier but yeah i'm i'm i found this really interesting and really fascinating the the, the difference of step uh, from fandom to fan uh, fan club administrator, and the the different um, viewpoint that you have, like the shift in viewpoint that you have to have. So that was really cool. Um, but uh, yeah, I think I agree with Mana. Like, if it's not fun, um, it's not really worth it. And maybe not to take it so seriously all the time. Like, not everything is an offense to everyone. Uh, or to your the person you follow like people can have differences of opinions and maybe just kind of frame things like this um not every comment is an attack um so you know 
maybe think that uh, even if you're not, maybe think that you're a fan club administrator, and so that you kind of have to be a little bit more diplomatic um, in the way in the way you communicate um, within the fandom or on Twitter or wherever you have Tumblr, Live Journal. Live Journal still exists, um, but yeah, just just be kind. Um, I want to thank you guys for having me, but. Um... I, this is like really my first time associating myself officially with the fan club. Um, and it's also like, I almost didn't start the fan club because I don't hold back from tweeting my feelings and the idea that I would ever have to censor myself, like really turned me off from it. Um, and I try to remain as anonymous on the official Twitter as possible. Um, so I don't really like take credit for any of the projects that I've personally done on my Twitter, except for like vague tweets here and there, um, because I don't want people to possibly associate my issues <laughs> with the fan club. And I never want things to reflect negatively on, on Home Fluke North America. Um, some of the things I say on my personal account are sometimes unpopular and the idea that some fans might not support us because they don't like me is like a huge fear of mine. So coming on here and basically being like, hey, yeah, like that's me. Um, I, I, I worry about it coming back to bite us. So I hope it doesn't, but this was really cool. And hopefully maybe I can be a little bit more open and um, take more credit for the things that I do um, on my personal Twitter. But yeah, it was cool. It was fun. Thanks, guys. So with that said, thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast, The Beal Can't Save You. But podcast, um, all of Lexi's information, including where to find her on Twitter and how to find the fan club, all of that information will be in the description box, you know, like we usually do. All of our information will be there as well. You can, you know, you can follow us and you can, uh, you know. And oh, one last thing. I'm surprised Mana didn't say it um, when we were talking about the things that they were most proud of. <laughs> you know, Homie now has a YouTube channel. Can I get a round of applause? <laughs> can I get a round of applause? <laughs> <laughs> oh my I was muted. I was like... Making noise and I'm like, oh, nothing's happening. <laughs> so um, I really, really, really want you guys to go and support them. Uh, they'll be reading officially translated um, no, um, Chinese BL novels. Um, it's Mana Reads, correct? Mm. Yeah. And that uh -huh. information will be in the description box below. So, you know, like, comment, share, and subscribe. And just, you know, have fun. So with that said... <laughs> Bye. 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 <laughs>